Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Point of Insanity Game Studios Geekery in General Podcast. I am your host, Al, and today we are going to be taking a look at the world of plug-and-play video games. The video version of this episode will be posted to Point of Insanity Game Studios' YouTube page, so please feel free to stop by and check that out if you have the chance. Now, I'm not sure when these devices first started appearing on the market. The earliest I can remember is around the early 2000s, I'd say about 2002-2003. I'm not sure if they were available before that time, but they did enjoy a period of popularity. I don't think you see as many of them around nowadays, and I think that's because they lost ground to other portable gaming devices like the Nintendo DS and the PlayStation Portable, not to mention the fact that you can get some really good games just on your smartphone. The big selling point of plug-and-play games is that they would contain several games, usually about five or six, sometimes more, and that made them good gifts for children. Plus, they were also relatively inexpensive. Generally, they would be less than your average video game that you'd find for the Nintendo or the Xbox or PlayStation. They come in all shapes and sizes. Some do have licensed games on them, like Frogger or Ms. Pac-Man. Others contain original games. Usually, the ones that have original games are based off of a franchise, such as Star Wars or SpongeBob SquarePants or one of the various Disney franchises. I have purchased a few of these games from Goodwill, and I think it's not unusual to find these games on the shelves of thrift stores and other secondhand stores. I think the reason for that might be because parents will get them for younger kids, and the kids will play them for a few years, and then eventually the child will grow out of them, and they'll start getting more into your consoles like the Nintendo Wii or the Xbox or the PlayStation. So eventually mom and dad end up donating them to uh, a thrift store. Now of course the problem with getting anything electronic from a thrift store is you're not sure if it's going to work. A while ago I did get a game unit at Goodwill that had several Nameco games including Mappy and Miss Pac-Man. Unfortunately it didn't work but I was able to return it so wasn't out any money. Now I've already done a review of a couple of plug-and-play games that I found at my local Goodwill, the Star Wars games, so this episode is only available on YouTube. So when you have a chance, please stop by my YouTube channel and take a look at my review of the Star Wars plug-and-plays. But on to some of the other plug-and-play games in my collection. Now there are a couple of things about these games that do kind of grind my gears. First is most of them that I've seen only have one audio jack. Now I suppose this is okay for older TVs that only have one speaker, but it means if you plug it into a newer TV, well you're only going to get sound out of one channel. I assume they probably did this to cut costs. Fortunately this problem is not that difficult to fix. Go to any department store or any place that sells TV and video equipment and pick up a Y splitter. They're not that expensive, so just put that into the audio jack, and now you can finally plug it into both channels. Now, another thing that I really hate about some of these 
plug-and-plays is the battery compartment has a screw-on cover. So it's a bit of a hassle because when you want to change the batteries, you got to get your screwdriver and fiddle around with it until you can get the battery cover off and finally get your new batteries in. However, not all plug-and-plays are designed to be used on a TV. I know that Konami did make a few for your computer. I did purchase one of these Konami Arcade Classics collections, and this one contained Contra, Yi'ar Kung Fu, Gyrus, Time Pilot, and Track and Field, I believe. Now, I recently dug this up out of the basement, and I tried to use it on my computer, but whenever I hook it up, I just keep getting a message saying that the Konami Live service is temporarily down. I've been trying for a few days now, so I'm not sure if there really is a problem. Unfortunately, it's also possible that Konami may have just stopped supporting that website. The first plug-and-play I'd like to talk about is the Verse Max. This is one that my wife and I bought off of one of the home shopping channels, and it contains 50 games. And of course, when they did the uh, sales pitch for it, they only show you the footage of a few of the games. Most of the games on it are either shooting or racing games. Most of them really don't stick out. A lot of them are very simple. They're not very well designed or they're just, well, some of them are actually quite difficult. Some of the racing games are the same way where they're just essentially the same game with different skins. Though this one here, Off-Roader, is actually a bump and jump clone. I started playing it and I'm like, okay, where have I seen this type of gameplay before? Oh yeah, bump and jump. Unfortunately, it doesn't do quite as good as the original. Another game that stood out for me was Attack. And this one is more or less a Space Invaders clone. Though it does have one difference, there are power-ups that you can find. One thing that I did find kind of distracting though is if you look at the barriers you hide behind. I mean, come on, are these guys attacking the Smurf Village? Well, moving on, the next unit is one that I did get from Goodwill, and it this one is the Sega Genesis Arcade Legends. Contains Sonic, Altered Beast, Golden Axe, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, Kid Chameleon, and Flicky. Now, I'm not sure why they call this Arcade Legends, because the only games from this unit that I've ever seen appear in the arcades are Golden Axe and Altered Beast. Now, I know that they do also have another Sega plug-and-play, and this one's actually a, quite a bit bigger and contains about 30 or 40 games. And also what's pretty cool about that one is it does have a slot where you can play your old Sega Genesis games in it. So that's kind of cool. I think they still sell those at Toys R Us, but I'm not sure. Now back to the one that I have. Not really a lot to say about this. They're faithful to the original games that you'd find on the uh, Sega Genesis. Unfortunately, when I play this on my computer, I do get these annoying lines. However, if I plug it into a TV, it looks just fine. So it's probably something with my computer settings. I'm not exactly sure what. But it has been a lot of fun, especially for the few dollars I paid for it. Now, the last one I'd like to talk about is another one that I purchased from one of the home shopping channels, and that's the Power Joy. This one was advertised as having 94 games in one. Now, it's kind of weird the way they set this up, because 
84 of the games are on the cartridge, and the others are on the controller itself. So if you want to play the other 10 games, you have to remove the controller. Not sure why they went with that idea, but uh, oh well. And it contains a variety of games. As you can see, it looks a lot like a Nintendo 64 controller. And it does have a little light gun attachment, which works about as well as you'd expect it to work. Now, one thing that was actually different about this one, though, is it does have a power jack. So you don't have to waste batteries on this. Unfortunately, I can't find where we put the power cable for our power joys, so when I play this one, I have to use the batteries. Unlike the VMAX, the Power Joy contains mostly rips of old NES games, and there's other games that I'm not exactly sure where they came from. Like, there is one here, B-Wings, which this one I believe was originally released as an arcade game and eventually ported over to the, uh, the Famicom over in Japan, but as far as I know, we didn't get this one over here in the States, and I'm not sure if it was available in any other markets as well. Some of the games on the Power Joy are NES games, but they actually use the old Japanese title. For example, Spartan X, which is actually the game we know in the States here as Kung Fu. There's also some other familiar games on here. Uh, for example, I was surprised to find Gradius on there as well. Let's see what else we got here. Boom Man! Let's check that out! And it's pretty much just Bomberman, except for some reason they only just called it Boom Man. Let's check out another game here. Ah, Pandemar! Let's check that out! And it's pretty much just a Super Mario Brothers clone, except now instead of collecting mushrooms and fire flowers, you're collecting magic jars, and Mario is a panda instead. And unfortunately, it's not even a very good Super Mario clone because not only is the music really bad and Play control, that doesn't quite feel as good as the original Mario Brothers, but what really annoys me is when you finish the stage, this is what happens. Yes, you get that annoying sound until the next stage starts. There is one game that I was pleasantly surprised to find on the Power Joy, and that was Goonies. Now, some of you old-school Nintendo players might remember Goonies 2, and you might wonder, well, whatever happened to Goonies 1? Well, you're looking at it right now. One of the reasons this game has such fond memories for me is because when I was younger, and I used to go to our local arcade, Aladdin's Castle, they had a game there called the Play Choice 10, which I have talked a little bit about before. With the Play Choice 10, you put in some coins, and then that let you play a game for a certain number of minutes. And you could play as many games as you want, it's just you had to keep 
popping in quarters in order to keep playing games. I mean, I don't remember exactly how many minutes you got per quarter, but one of my games I always liked playing on there was Goonies, where you basically are Mikey and you're just running around delivering karate kicks to rats. Do you remember where that appeared in the movie? Well, neither do I, but it was still a pretty fun game, and this is one of my favorite games on the PlayChoice 10, and it was unfortunately only released in Japan uh, for the MSX, and I think it was also released for the Famicom over there as well. Now, of course, we did get Goonies 2 over here in the States, which was a game that I personally really enjoyed it. It had kind of a Metroid feel to it because there was a lot of backtracking, a lot of exploration, and you had to run around the Fratellia hideout to not only rescue your friends, but also your mermaid friend, Annie. And no, I don't know when the Goonies picked up a mermaid friend named Annie, but it was a good game nonetheless. So the final verdict, there it's an interesting idea. As I said, they do have a certain appeal to them. I think some of these are really aimed for the retro gamers and the older gamers, because it is kind of fun to be able to plug a joystick into your TV and be able to relive classic games. And of course, there's also the flashback Atari 2600, which allows you to relive such great games like Adventure and Millipede and Yars Revenge and others as well. So if you are in your local thrift store and you do happen to see some of these plug-and-play games, certainly give them a try if you have a chance. Now I'd recommend going for the uh, the licensed ones that have like, you know, the Namco games or the Atari games on there, because at least then you kind of know what you can expect. Unfortunately, if you do pick up some of these games like the you know, the Verse Max, or ones based on, you know, Star Wars, or a cartoon series, you're not always sure what you're going to get. You know, the quality of those games kind of varies. As I said in my review of the Star Wars plug-and-plays, some of the games were okay, but it isn't exactly something I would have been thrilled to pay full price for. So with that said, thank you for listening. Please check out Point of Insanity Game Studio on Facebook if you have ideas for any topics you'd like to see me cover in a future show, please feel free to leave a comment. You can also contact me through my website, poigamestudio.com. Thank you again for listening, and have a good evening, or morning, or afternoon, whatever it is, wherever you are, and happy gaming.